Pretty Dece, Pretty Dece, here we go. Facebook.com slash Pretty Show. It's time to geek out with Josh, your host. What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Meek, the Uber Geek, and welcome to Pretty Dece, your daily entertainment and pop culture show. Today on the show, I got a chance to see Aquaman a little bit early before release. So we're going to have my thoughts on the movie today. Of course, Aquaman continues DC's foray into a connected movie universe with all of their heroes brought together. Uh, This really kicked off in earnest with Justice League. That's where we got our first look at Aquaman himself. And now Aquaman gets his own solo tale, uh, which is much different than the Justice League film was. Now, I've generally enjoyed all of the DC movies so far, and Aquaman's no different. It was a really fun ride. Uh, I ended up feeling like it had this unique identity. Uh, It it felt like its own movie. It didn't feel like one of the Justice League members split off and continued the adventure. Um, I really like that that they carved out their own little uh, sort sort of niche of the DC universe for Aquaman to live in, and, uh, and it felt very unique and very, very interesting. I think the hardest thing that solo superhero movies have to do is to make it feel like there's a reason that the rest of the superhero team didn't show up for this fight. So, you know, you, you have that problem when it's just a regular battle that's not super connected to the origins of the hero in question. And getting, of course, the big superhero team-up movies is awesome, and I'm really glad that we get those, but it, it, it definitely runs the risk of devaluing solo movies like this one and making movies like Aquaman not feel quite as special. However, this movie completely does avoid all of that, and it, it feels like everything in this movie is at the core of what Aquaman is. He's really getting to the heart of, of his origin story and where he comes from, and he's figuring out who he is, and having any other superhero show up in this would feel very, very out of place. So really good on them for, for writing a story and, and coming up with, with something for Aquaman to do that feels like something that only he can do. I think that's really neat. Uh, and everything in this movie is very much Aquaman's domain. The film revolves around uh, the lost city of Atlantis, the underwater city, and, and, and really the impending war that that underwater kingdom is going to be declaring on the surface world. And uh, Aquaman is coming to kind of put an end to all of that and kind of stop uh, this confrontation that is, that is brewing. Uh, the underwater setting of the film is is the thing that really makes this movie unique and was an absolute blast to explore. The film generally does a great job of show not tell where they don't just give you, you know, paragraphs and paragraphs explaining what's going on with the Atlanteans and who all these various people are. They, They typically like give you a couple lines of dialogue and let you kind of fill in the blanks about how the world works and who these people are as you go, which I think is a really, really great way to do it. It makes the world feel more alive, and it doesn't feel like they're propping all of these things up for our benefit. It feels like they're pulling back the curtain on a world that we didn't know exists. Um, as I said, they, they generally kind of let you explore those politics yourselves, and, and it doesn't get spelled out. I think that's really, really cool. 
It was really fun finding out about all the different kingdoms that are uh, the the underwater kingdoms that are all loosely affiliated but but really different from each other. They all have uh, sort of these um, ties where they, they vote on things together and they have to declare war together, but they're kind of separate kingdoms and separate races even of, of, of people. There are, you know, human looking people that Aquaman comes from. There's, there are merfolk looking people. There are even awesome crab dudes that you meet at the end of the film. And I love that, that we didn't get a rundown at the beginning of the film. There was no like Star Wars style crawl that explained who all of these people were and how they're tied together. The movie just let us find that out as it went. And, and that was a fun way to do that when you get to the, the new people and you get to see like, oh, that's what they look like. Uh, that, that's who these guys are. They're terrifying looking. It's really fun to go on that journey. So I like that, I like that we got to something to see that world through the eyes of Arthur as he is kind of exploring it himself. So, so Aquaman is coming in as an outsider despite the fact that that he is kind of uh, one of them. He's, he hasn't lived there. He's lived on the surface world. So we kind of get to see the entire underwater kingdom through his eyes fresh for the first time. So re- really neat perspective that, that we can have on the entire setting of the film. And of course, since we, sent, we, since we, we spent so much of the movie underwater, it has a very unique look as well. I wasn't sure I was going to like it from the trailer. It's very clean. It's very colorful. Uh, but I ended up really enjoying it. It made the film, again, feel very different from the rest of the DC movies and from the Marvel movies as well. And any given still image from this film, you will definitely recognize it as one that comes from Aquaman. Uh, because, again, everything's super bright and super colorful and this really cool look to it. Uh, plus, the movie absolutely gets ridiculous in terms of scale, uh, especially towards the end. It's ridiculous and hilarious, but in an absolutely great way. And I love kind of how insane things get towards the end. So if you haven't seen it yet, look out for that. It is off the charts, but very, very fun. One of the other things I really liked about the film was that Aquaman goes through a character arc. He doesn't stay uh, you know, static throughout the film, which I think is really nice. We meet Aquaman in the Justice League movie, but at that point, he's basically just this tough-talking, brash guy. He's a man of few words. He solves problems with his fists. And that's great in that film, but here where he's the star, it's important that he does go through kind of a, a hero's journey, which is exactly what happens. He starts off diving in very hot-headed without having a plan, and then kind of throughout the film learns better approaches to his problem and learns how to lead. And it's a fun little arc for him to go along on. I also really appreciate that the film uh, kind of deals with fear in, in, in interesting ways on a couple occasions uh, and has Aquaman freely admit without shame that he's afraid. He's afraid of what's happening, what's going to come. He's afraid of what he has to face. And that was minor, but it was this really kind of neat human element to this larger-than-life superhero film that you very rarely get, which was very appreciated. So often these superheroes are facing down these monumental world-ending threats. It's cool when one of them takes a second to say, you know what, pretty scared of this that's about to happen, and that's okay. I know I have to tackle it anyway because that's my responsibility. So very cool and made me like Aquaman as a character much, much more. Along with Aquaman, I really liked Mera. 
Uh, Mara is, of course, the love interest in the film, but she's so much more than that. I appreciate that she can really get in there and kick butt on her own. She's usually the one in the movie uh, kind of leading the way or forming the plan. She's really kind of in charge for a lot of the film. So I like that she wasn't just a damsel in distress throughout the film. And I really liked kind of how they progressed the love interest throughout the film. It felt it felt mostly subtle as much as a uh, superhero film can feel. It didn't feel forced, and by the end I was really enjoying the two of them together. So very well done kind of weaving her story and introducing us to her as the film went through. And of course, on the villain side... We had kind of the, the main villain that the movie revol- revolves around is Arthur's uh, half-brother. And of course, Arthur is returning to kind of take the throne away from his half-brother. And he was a great villain. I, I really enjoyed him as this role. Uh, there are some scenes that truly make him come across as just a despicable person. Some of the things that he does. While at the same time, he has some motivations and some hints of redeemability in his actions. It's kind of a, the classic, um, my, my actions are maybe reprehensible, but the reasons I'm carrying them out, you can at least connect the dots, A to B to C. You see why those things are happening. And, and I love when, when villains have that moral through line that you can at least understand, even if you wouldn't carry those same things out yourself. So that character goes on an interesting arc throughout the film. Um, You kind of see things going one way and they end up going a different way. But I like him and and, and I like kind of what they did with that character without being too spoilery there. And then, of course, on the other side of the villain front, we have Black Manta. Of course, you know from the trailers that he is in this film. And, of course, uh, classic Aquaman villain here. He's actually, unfortunately, one of the things that I didn't like about the film quite so much. For me, he's always been kind of lame in the comics. I've never been a huge fan of him. And here, despite giving him a decent backstory for why he would hate Aquaman, he never really seemed to add much to the film. He felt like an afterthought. Uh, Plus, I think he kind of looks a little lame in the suit. Of course, the Black Manta suit has this massive helmet associated with it. And they do justify why the helmet is so big, which I thought was a nice, interesting touch. It doesn't change the fact that I think it looks kind of dumb in person when he's attacking Aquaman. It seems like they're planning on having him play a bigger role in the sequel, so hopefully, if that is the case, they figure out a way to make the character a bit more interesting along the way. Now, overall, I think this was definitely one of the best films the DCU has put out so far. Uh, Super fun, a really, really great ride, and very unique, something we haven't seen so far from superhero films. Uh, It's not my favorite all-time superhero film ever, but it is really good and made me like the character of Aquaman even more, so I can highly recommend that you go out and see this movie. And, And really, I'm hoping that DC can keep this up and keep making unique, interesting films and continue to close this quality gap that they have between them and Marvel, uh, because more awesome superhero movies are a good thing for everyone. So that's going to do it for Pretty Dees for today. Thank you very much for joining me to talk about Aquaman. If you get a chance this weekend to go see the film, definitely do it. It is worth your time, uh, and I'd love to hear your thoughts as well, so let me know. You can support Pretty Dece if you would like to do so. Visit prettydeceshow.com slash listener support to find out those details. Of course, download the Pretty Dece podcast from your favorite podcast delivery platform 
or visit the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash for that. And hit me up on social media. Let me know what you think about Aquaman. Find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Show.